You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Episode 7, Reality's Reality, Part 1. How and why did a 25-year-old with a Pikachu bedspread become the number one terrorist in the United States? In 2017, Reality Winner, a highly decorated former Air Force linguist, was charged with leaking proof of Russian interference in the 2016 election. Her goal, to help protect democracy. Reality received the longest sentence ever imposed for unauthorized release of government information. Five years and three months. This is Reality is a real-life true crime podcast recently recommended by Apple as new and noteworthy, which takes a deep dive into reality's life, her time in the Air Force, her decision to protect America by releasing that information, her interrogation, trial, imprisonment, and the extreme obstacles she faced along the way. Reality Winner has been depicted as a traitor and a terrorist. Our podcast, This Is Reality, sets the record straight. I'm Sally Horchow. And I'm Dory Berenstein. And this is Reality. In the past six episodes, you've heard from those closest to reality about how the events of the last five years have affected them. And now we will be shifting gears for the next few episodes as reality is finally able to tell the world her story in her own words. Let's start at the beginning. Reality grew up in a small town in rural Texas with her parents and older sister, Brittany. Reality shares about her childhood. So I definitely didn't have a conventional childhood. Um, My mother was working. She was a workaholic for Child Protective Services. And my father was stay at home. He had a back injury. Um, Back in the 90s, there was no opioid epidemic, but we were, you know, some of the first families affected. He was a drug addict. You know, I guess you could say it was tumultuous as times. He left in 1997. And within three years, mom had married my stepdad, Gary, which I mean, he was the greatest thing to ever happen to our family. Gary's my dad. I love him. So it was like from start to finish, just always having that special bond with Gary. Reality shared a special relationship with her older sister, Brittany. Brittany and I, we were so uncannily close when we were children. We do not have neighbors in Ricardo, Texas. So most of our childhood was spent in our own little world, creating worlds out here, exploring. But as Brittany explains, there was also a bit of sibling rivalry between them. 
there was a lot of competition. The teachers had me first. So they had these expectations of reality and um, reality doesn't like being put into a box. That's another important thing to know about her is that if you if you think she's one way and if you kind of announce your expectations to her, the first thing that she wants to do is defy them. Growing up, reality was a gifted student and athlete playing tennis, volleyball and soccer. She developed a love of language and had a deep responsibility to help people. So she joined the Air Force as a crypto linguist. There's a quote that I'll never forget. And it's uh, basically to learn another language is to gain another soul. And so I had always looked at national security through the human interaction and understanding and that it was through a cultural understanding that was where the peace was going to happen as opposed to just continually waging war and just dominating people. And that's where I really wanted to start learning Middle Eastern and North African languages, because there was this wave of extremism coming out in the early 2000s. So I really thought that linguist meant that you are speaking and using that language with people. And it was a humanitarian type job. And it actually turned out to be most of the time sitting in dark rooms NSA stuff that I can't talk about and certainly not feeling as though you're actually part of the solution. But I was always thinking about the bigger picture and I always wanted more. After six years, Reality chose to leave the Air Force to pursue humanitarian aid work. So I remember looking at ways to work for the UN, the Refugee Center, uh, work for the Red Cross, work for USAID, all these NGOs, and it was like, either you have to be able to afford to live for a year in country by yourself doing a free internship, or you have to have like a master's degree and seven years of international experience to get the entry level positions. I didn't understand then that humanitarian aid was pay to play. It was a very privileged, it was not like people on the ground handing out blankets out of the goodness of their hearts. It, I became really disillusioned in that whole aspect, in that whole world. So shortly after her discharge, Reality took a higher paying job with the NSA in Augusta, Georgia, to shore up her bank account for her future in humanitarian work. So that's how I wound up working in Georgia. It was really just like one more rung on the ladder, trying to get into a world of humanitarian aid that I didn't have the privilege or the financial backing to get into. You know, a lot of people ask, like, how did you wind up there? I just wanted to be somebody impressive enough to go pass out blankets at a refugee camp. And I don't know, be that one person that changed a life. And that's why I guess I was vulnerable at the time to do something so impulsive, you know, because I was still thinking about this bigger picture as opposed to what this one action would mean. The decision to leak government documents about Russian interference in the 2016 election was grounded in reality's determination to protect America. At the time, in 2017, the headlines were asking if Russian interference was in fact fake news. Reality was frustrated as she had seen definitive information confirming the interference right there on her NSA server. So she decided it was imperative to share this information with the American people. It was very much about helping and filling in 
a void of information in May 2017. You know, I always refer to it as the big question mark that was ripping our nation in half and just giving an answer, giving an answer that couldn't be spun either which way, good or bad. When I did what I did, I was just so gung-ho that anybody looking at this would see the altruism and that my character would not be questioned the way that it was. And I did not expect to be made out to be like an enemy of the people. To me, the act was so pure that anybody looking at it, even if they didn't agree, would say, oh yeah, she definitely just made a huge mistake. And I almost thought I would be protected by that, by how simple everything was. But her actions set off a series of events that were far from simple. Reality recalls the moment 11 armed FBI agents surprised her at her home in June of 2017. So I had groceries, so I actually parked perpendicular to the front of the house. And before I had even gotten out of the car, they had pulled up right behind me and came out. They explained who they were and they explained why they were there. And I was just like, okay. Like, and then they asked to search the house and I said, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, there's nothing in the house. So that did not bother me. I didn't view that as this huge thing. But when I started noticing is that all these cars came out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden there was caution tape. Like that happened instantly. And in my mind, I was not thinking I'd be in jail that night. So I was asking for permission to put my groceries up or would y'all do it for me? Or would y'all watch me? And I thought when the FBI show up, you're done. Like that's it. Yeah, I had no idea what to do, but I knew there were a lot of them. I knew they were armed and I was terrified. And by coming clean almost immediately with the FBI, it was like, if I just tell them right now, are they just going to shoot me right now? How are they going to shoot me here? How are they going to shoot me there? They keep letting me go to the bathroom, but they haven't secured the weapons. Is this a setup? They're all going to run in and, and shoot me when I'm on the toilet and say something about the weapons in the bedroom. Like, I just remember like asking them, like, please secure the weapons. Like, do you all want to watch me pee? Do you, why are you letting me go to the restroom alone? Like, can somebody come with me? Like, it was one of those times where like you realize how small you are and just how easily everything about you can be twisted and how quickly your life can be ended and nobody will ever know the truth. And the truth was complicated. In all honesty, this was not something that was premeditated. This was, I mean, I didn't do my research. I vaguely knew who Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning were, but like they had, they being the intelligence community, kind of give you a fear of knowing about them. You don't go home. You don't look them up. You don't read the Washington Post articles about them. You're not allowed to. So I had no idea about either of them. I didn't know who Daniel Ellsberg was. In 2019, somebody sent me the Pentagon Papers. So I didn't know there was an American history behind this kind of act, other than these two other people who were obviously demonized and not good. And I wasn't anything like them. It was just one simple act. I didn't even think to have an attorney, right? Didn't do my homework, did this super impulsively. But to have someone say that you had been planning it for the past six and a half years, it was just insane. And that to shape everything I've ever done in my life through 
something that I honestly truly did not think about. It, it was just like, you start to believe it. You dwell on it so much. And it's taken me so long to realize like, no, you didn't think about this. I didn't think this through. This wasn't a plan. I didn't want to be a hero. I didn't want anybody to know my name. One of the most shocking details of reality's arrest is that she was never read her Miranda rights. Then the survival plan was, okay, like it was me, but what's going to happen? Um, that was when I started asking, like, am I under arrest? And they kept saying, we don't know yet. And again, we don't know yet. So I didn't know if I was under arrest. So no matter how many times I asked if I was under arrest, I was never read my Miranda rights. Like I didn't have an attorney. Like this was not something in my mind. Like I committed a crime. I need to have a defense. That was never in my mind. It was just, I committed this act and anybody who would see it would see that I intended only good. And now fast forward to, I'm scared for my life. They're not telling me if I'm under arrest. And now they finally said, we have to take you in. They didn't say the word arrest. And now they're saying, we're sorry, Miss Winter. Oh, no, he said, I'm going to have to apologize. It's going to be a bit of a drive. So again, I didn't know this was simply a criminal matter, that this would go to a normal court that an attorney would have actually helped me with. But when like non-uniformed FBI show up, like then it was like, I'm racking my brain like, oh my God, they're going to drive me to Quantico tonight and I'm going to be disappeared. And then saying, oh, well, it's okay. We're going to, you know, cuff your hands to the front. You'll be in the back seat with me. I'm like, that doesn't make me feel better, bro. But okay. Like, but they never said the word arrest. And so it wasn't until I guess he went on, got on his cell phone for a minute and then was talking. He was like, okay, no, we have to go get a female to do the body search and uh, a female officer will make the arrest. So it the the word arrest, the, the time that it became clear to me that this really is a criminal matter and I'm going to a normal jail was only made like as a side comment to explain why we were waiting for a female to come because up until that time, there were 11 men in and around my house. After her arrest, the media painted reality as a terrorist. She was never given the chance to tell her side of the story. I enlisted to prevent the next 9-11, simply, because I didn't want it to happen again. But honestly, like the entire six years, that's what I thought I was doing, that I was actually fighting terrorism. That's what it meant to me. And it meant that somebody would have to understand these languages on a much deeper level in order to prevent the next serious attack on the homeland. In our next episode, Reality shares what happened after her arrest, how she was held without bail for over a year, why she accepted a plea deal, and the horrors she faced while incarcerated. You can support Reality by signing her petition for clemency at standwithreality.org. Please join us for the next episode of This Is Reality. And make sure to check out all the podcasts on the Broadway Podcast Network. Reality's interrogation by the FBI was captured in the critically acclaimed Broadway show, Is This a Room?, conceived and directed by Tina Satter. We're incredibly grateful to our special guests, Reality Winner, Billy Winner Davis, and Brittany Winner. This podcast is created, written, and produced by Dory Berenstein, Sally Horchow, Rebecca Aparicio, and the Broadway Podcast Network. 
Sound engineers are Alan Seals and Kimberly Garris. Podcast editor is Alan Seals. Executive producer is Liz Armstrong. This is Reality is part of the Gotham's Fiscal Sponsorship Program under the Sound and Light Project. Please join us for our next episode of This is Reality by following and finding out more information on bpn.fm slash thisisreality. And finally, special thanks to Bea Westby, Katie Rosen, Ayanna Prescott, and the rest of the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.